Mark, you'll just need to star six and we'll be able to hear you or Jamila. Good morning, Mark, everyone. This is Pastor Mark. Down. How's everyone? Um, hope everyone is having a blessed week. Probably sitting at home in their pajamas, maybe with coffee in one hand. If you got some kids in your house, probably running you crazy. Um, I would say if you haven't seen that one uh, video from John Crest, is like a it's called a um, VR church. It kind of reminds me of our situation that we're in right now. I say if you can, just go to YouTube, check it out. It's pretty funny. Uh, John Crest VR Church, um, but I'm excited about this morning. We're going to have a few announcements, um, open it up with some prayer, um, then jump into this message. So I'm going to pass it on to Jamila, and we're going to start promptly ASAP. Jamila, you'll need to star six. Okay, so good morning, everyone. Hope you are doing well. I can see your faces virtually. I hope you can see mine smiling. Um, this is such a wonderful time that we have now in the Lord and can be able to do this virtually. Um, want to remind you, as far as announcements are concerned, that we will be having a prayer service, and it will be a prayer call just like this. And so this will be our Wednesday night prayer service coming up on April the 1st, and that will be at 730. And then we'll also, this coming Sunday, we'll be having a Facebook Live. So it won't be um, like this call. It'll actually be on Facebook. So if you have a Facebook account, if you will just go ahead and like Forerunner City Church if you're not already a friend, and then you'll be able to view the Facebook, um, the the Facebook live from there, where Pastor Mark will be preaching and sharing. Also, we are in the process of getting groceries out, um, toilet paper, anything that you might have need of. So, if you have a need, if you will just let um, myself or Amy know. And we will be, um, you probably some of you might have received calls, so we've been calling and checking on people. But if you have a need, please let us know. Um, you know, this is what the church is called to do. We're called to care for our brothers and sisters in Christ. So please don't hesitate. Also, coming up, um, we'll be having new Forerunner City Church T-shirts. They will be in white or black hoodies and jackets are available. So we really encourage um, everyone to purchase one because we'll use this when we go out on our outings as well as when we go out to um, minister and to do our outreach. Um, I think the price will to be determined, um, but we'll keep you posted on that. Also coming up on April the 4th, we have a tentative meeting um, for, it will either be a leadership call or a video call um, at 10 a.m. So that's coming up this coming Saturday. More details to come. Also, I want to encourage everyone, since we are all virtual, um, want to remind you and encourage you, um, even at such a time as this, to remember to put in your tithes and offering. There are churches across the nation right now that all are experiencing the same things that we are. But, you know, we believe in a faithful God that takes care of his people. And as a covenant, we are called to tithe. So want to just remind you, I know um, some of you have been working from home and have still been doing the needs in your home. So just want to remind you to uh, put in your tithes electronically, um, and you can do that from our website. If you have any questions um, or are having any um, difficulty with the site, just let us know. And I'm going to pass it over back to Pastor Mark as we get ready for the word. Well, thank you, Jamila, uh, for the announcements. And I just wanted just to give a couple more announcements because 
um, the situation that we're in, I, I definitely want to talk to our landlord um, on Monday about not being able to use the facilities because um, our rent is actually supposed to go up in April um, or the first week of May, I can't remember. Uh, but right now we're, we're currently current um, for this month, um, but I think it would be wise for us to reach out to our landlord uh, to see if he can give us a break for maybe a month or two um, until this all passes passes by. Um, also, I want to make a quick announcement about um, choosing at least one day to fast this week, uh, especially what's been, uh, you know, conspiring, you know, just everything that's been happening. Uh, I think it would be wise for us to at least, um, you know, pick a partner, someone in the church um, that you can reach out to and pick a day um, to, to fast and to pray. And, um, and I say, if you can, after this service, just shoot me a text and say, hey, um, I'm going to fast on Monday. I want to fast on Wednesday. I really want to take this time to really uh, seek the Lord and, and, and cry out to God for that, that specific day. And I want to post it up on, you know, our, our Facebook page of how many people are praying and what's going on. I want to give announcements and keep people updated on what's going on uh, during this pandemic. Uh, next announcement, I want, if you have an iPhone, laptop, um, any type of mobile device, if everyone can download the Zoom app, it's very easy. Just go to your um, Google Play, you know, Apple Store, whatever it may be, and just type up Zoom and it'll be one of the very first apps that pops up. Uh, basically, basically, it's a video conference um, call type of app. I really want everyone to be connected in that way so we can actually do uh, leadership conference calls. We can do prayer meetings um, where you can actually see each other's face. It's kind of hard doing over the phone. I can only imagine what your face looks like without makeup on. Um, half of you guys are coming just rolling out of bed right now. Um, but just kidding. But uh, definitely download the Zoom app and just let me know once we have it downloaded, because what I can do, I can send everyone an invite when we do have prayer meetings on Wednesday night, when we have leadership meetings, um, let's say on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. The only thing I need is just your phone number and email, and I can definitely send you out uh, any, uh, updates for any um, upcoming meetings. Uh, for this Wednesday, the prayer focus uh, will be basically I want us to pray on following God's leadership and asking God to give the church understanding of God's wisdom, uh, especially in this time that we're in. Uh, we definitely need to get the wisdom of God and learn to follow his voice. And it's going to be a little bit of what I'm going to share on this morning. And I hope everyone had a chance to see the video that I sent out <clears throat> on Thursday, some, a couple updates. Um, it's all the T-shirt and what it kind of looks like. So um, if you can, go to um, – we'll, we'll actually have more details – um, where to go to to buy or, or purchase a T-shirt, hoodie, whatever it may be. Um, actually, support Sarah. Sarah's one of our, you know, uh, soldiers in the field. So if you can, um, every T-shirt you buy, a donation goes to her. Uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll get started. Well, I'll just pray, and then after that, we'll jump into the Word. And if you have any special prayer requests or any needs or any comments after the conference call, uh, feel free to text me, and I'll be happy to pray with you. I'll be happy to. Um, you know, to, to go over anything that you missed or something that you didn't quite understand in the message, or if you need some notes, um, I can send you notes of what I preached this morning. Um, but let's go ahead and, and just bow our heads. Father God, Lord, we just thank you that you're King and Lord of Lords, and Lord, that you're sovereign, that you're in control of everything, Lord. This is your house, Lord. This is your, this is your work. This is your doing. And, Lord, we're just being a part of it, God. We're just part of your, uh, your, your leadership. And, Lord, we want to follow you everywhere you go. God, we, we don't want to miss a beat or a minute. And, Lord, I just pray that this time, God, of us gathering together virtually, Lord, that your spirit, God, will begin to touch each and every person in their home, Father God, wherever they may, may be, be at, Father God. And, Lord, I just pray that this word, Lord, that's in my heart, I just pray that it will pierce our hearts, God, that will challenge us, God, to move forward and give us direction, give us uh, vision for what you have in store for the city of Buford and for the city of Atlanta and for our nation. In Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, if I have a title for my message, it'll be The Wisdom of God Versus the Wisdom of Man. Um, I wanted to tell you I'm real excited. It's been a couple weeks uh, since the last time we really shared or actually came together. Uh, actually, two weeks ago, we actually had a prayer meeting, so it really wasn't me preaching. So i got to get that preaching itch. And um, I really want to share the Word of God and what He's been speaking to my heart and 
we all know this is a very unusual time for the body of Christ and even for humanity in general. Um, I mean, we're right now we're under house quarantine, you know, by Gwinnett County, Hall County, Barrow County, DeKalb County. Um, I mean, that's where even friends and family are not even allowed to come and visit your house. I mean, this is unheard of, in, you know, in, in history, you know, since the early 1918, 1920s, um, after the, influenza epidemic that happened almost 100 years ago. But I want us to get an understanding that at least that the church, that we are not a building, amen, or the, or the church is the building, amen, that we don't necessarily have to physically meet together, that we don't necessarily physically have to come, but that the, the, the body of Christ is the church, and that we have the power of God dwelling on the inside of us, that we have the Father, we have the the Holy Ghost, we have Jesus Christ dwelling on the inside of us. And I just want us to be confident in that and that we know who we are, that, hey, this says where two or three are gathered, that God is there in the midst. So, I mean, where two or three are gathered on the phone call or on a conference call, I mean, the Holy Spirit is right there in it. Amen? And I just want us to be able to, to get an understanding of that and just have revelation that, hey, that we don't necessarily have to be physically in front of each other, that God can still move um, no matter where we're at, because God is spirit. <clears throat> so this morning I just want to share just on a couple things, um, actually three things, but I'm going to wait for the third thing for next week. But the first thing I want to talk about, the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of man, and number two, the times that we're living in. Um, the third thing I want to touch on next week is kingdom authority uh, that we have during this time. Uh, so if you have your iPhones or your tablets, if you can turn to Isaiah chapter 29, verses 14, I'll be reading out a New Living Translation. Uh, if you have the old school pages of your Bible, you can follow me along in the New King James or NIV, whatever you may have, Amplified. But I'm just going to read it. says, because of this, I want, will once again astound these hypocrites with amazing wonders. The wisdom of the wise will pass away, and the intelligence of the intelligent will disappear. And when I was just reading this, when I was just thinking about the, the wisdom of man, I was just thinking about all the smart people that we have in this world today and, you know, all the doctors and the engineers and physicists, chemists and all the lawyers that are, that are, that are part of our Senate, even kings and presidents. I was listening to, um, you know, Bill Gates and stuff, given his explanation of, of how this pandemic is going to pan out. And it's like, just imagine all the, the, the human effort as, as they can combine into all their wisdom and all their knowledge and all their understanding. If, all they could, if they can combine all their intelligence, this would be considered absolute foolishness to God's wisdom. Because if we really truly think about it, all the smart people in all, the, all, the, all across the world from every planet, I mean every, every country, came together with their, with their minds. Because with all their wisdom, their wisdom will look like foolishness to God. The Bible is very clear that God's wisdom and intelligence is infinitely better than any man. And I just think about when Job, he tries to, you know, lecture God about his problems and about his issue. And God, of course, he always lets man vent and thinks that they're smart and that they know everything. Then God reminded him of who he was. He says, Job, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Were you there to measure it? Because don't you know I, 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 I named every star constellation, that I measured every star. And it's like if we, we think about the vastness of the universe and how big it is and that God created it and he, he measured it in his own, own abilities, in his own wisdom, in his own intellect. And for us as humans, we, we try to reason with God and say, why are these things happening? Why, why, why are these things um, coming to place? But God says, trust in my wisdom. Don't trust in man's wisdom. Isaiah 55, 8, you don't have to turn there. We're very familiar with this. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I was just reading that, and I was like, his thoughts are nothing like my thoughts. The way we, we, we process, the way we, we, we comprehend things is, is totally opposite to the way God thinks. I know for us as humans, it's like we have a mentality of, I don't know if you ever seen that movie called um, Bruce Almighty with Jim Carrey. 
and like God came and visited him and like gave him power to be God for basically basically for a few days. And of course, he, he didn't have he had no clue of how to you know how to help people. And all the thing he did was give answers to all everyone's prayers. And one comment was like, "Hey, I lost ten pounds on a Krispy Kreme diet." And another like twenty hundred like I think twenty thousand people won the lottery at the same time. Because if man's wisdom, if they were like God, every, everyone would get everything they wanted. <laughs> but this is not the way God intended humanity to live like, amen? We've got to remember that God is timeless, he's spaceless, and he's immaterial. That he's, uh, he's beyond our understanding, yet he's noble. Um, yet we can still know his, his ways, his, know his thoughts, because we are his children. We are um, his, his bride and his bride that he shares his deep and intimate secrets to us. And for the world, they don't understand God. His, his thoughts are way beyond us, way beyond theirs. Um, in First Corinthians one twenty five, it says the foolish plans of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and the God's weakness is stronger than the greatness of human strength. And I was just thinking about this, you know, two trillion, you know, stimulus bill that was just passed out. We had. You know, 100-plus senators, like the smartest people and basically in the United States, all these lawyers are coming together, and the best solution that they can do to stop the coronavirus is to give people money. <laughs> it's like the, the wisdom of, of, of man is foolishness to God. And I just wanted uh, to give you, the church, an understanding this, this virus that's going, going on is, is just the beginning of birth pains and what's going to happen before the second coming of Christ and there's been many instances of where this has happened throughout history where every church believer was, was thinking that the end was coming, that, the, that Jesus was about to return. And goes, I just truly believe that what we're seeing now is, is on an unprecedented scale that the church itself cannot meet together, that you know, businesses are closing, that you know, you know, sporting events have stopped. It says in Luke 21, 11, it says there will be great earthquakes, famine, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. When I just was reading that, I was just thinking about the pestilence in various places. This is happening, I know, in two-thirds of the entire planet where this virus is hitting, um, you know, where, you know, more more richer countries and stuff, like we, we have more technology to, to prevent more of an outbreak, but more of the poor countries, I mean, this is – it's spreading like wildfire, and they're fearful. People are fearful for their lives. They're fearful for their families, and I, I believe that God is actually shaking everything that can be shaken. He's, he's shaking the, the idols of, of money, entertainment, fashion, uh, the normality of everyday life, of even our own traditions of, hey, I'm so used to my routine, and I mean, the list can go on and on. All it is is just to wake up the bride of Christ, to wake up the church, to make herself ready, and get as many people as ready as well for the second coming of Jesus. And that I, I truly believe this. I was seeing that the, the, our lamps and that our oil was being uh, refilled and that was being restored and that we're making ourselves ready and being prepared as we're supposed to be for what God is about to shake upon the earth. And it's for us because we have to be prepared for the coming days by not walking in fear, but walking behind the plans of our Heavenly Father. Um, I mean, we can always try to you know, follow the plans of humanity. I mean, God has given us a mind to think. It actually says it, I believe, in Job 38, that he's given, you know, wisdom and understanding to man, that he's given us a heart to, to, to think things through. But how many guys want to follow the plans of our Father? I mean, he knows everything. He can see the end, you know, from the beginning, you know, the beginning to the end. And he goes, I want to know him because he can see all. He knows all. Um, for, for humanity, we, we have no clue. I mean, just listening to Bill Gates and stuff, they're asking him all these tough questions. Do you know when the pandemic's going to end? Do you, do you know when it's going to spike or when it's going to go down? And it's like he can use statistics. He can use all, you know, human knowledge, but he has no clue of how to stop this pandemic from ending completely. And for us at the church, I believe this is just the beginning. And this, that these events are just going to, are going to begin to intensify as the coming of the Lord draws nearer. I want to say that again. So, I mean, what we're seeing now, this is the beginning of the birth pains. And as the time draws closer to the return of Jesus, these things are going to begin to intensify. 
Um, if you ever read you know, Revelation chapter 6, it talks about the seals, um, you know, being released. And there's only one person that's found worthy of opening these seals, and it's Jesus. And the seals are actually judgment that's coming upon the earth. And for, for, for us as Christians, it's like we've got to understand that, hey, that famine and pestilence and war, sometimes this is the will of God. This is what God has intended um, to get humanity's hearts to turn back to God. This, this is the only time in life that God allows suffering, persecution, and in order us, for us to, to, to be drawn to his heart, to understand the love of God. Because once when we die, we're in heaven. We'll never experience pain. We'll never experience suffering. Uh, we'll never have trials. We'll never have tribulations ever again. But on this side of, 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 of time, this time of of, of um, our of humanity that we will actually go through trials, that we we'll actually have to go through suffering, but this is all to draw our hearts closer to God. And there's always two types of people. There's either people that either lean into God and follow him 100%, or there's the other people, the weak and the tears, that will shake their fists at God and be mad at God and, and blame God for this. Um, you hear all the time from atheists and saying, well, why did God allow these shootings to happen? Why did God, you know, allow these earthquakes or these tsunamis to happen all across the earth? Because, I mean, we got to understand we live in a fallen world. Because we live in a world full of sin, um, you know, of, of, of debauchery. We're, 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 we're depraved of, 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 of who we are of, as, as believers, of who we're supposed to be in Christ. And for us, I wanted to get an understanding of that Revelation chapter 6 is, is, is a sign of, of the end of the age of, of the Great Tribulation that a quarter of the earth population is killed by either sword, famine, plague, or by wild beasts. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet. It's talking about maybe you know, a couple thousand deaths right now in the United States. But they said estimated, estimated by the year 2050 that there will be approximately 10 billion people on the planet. Imagine if the Great Tribulation happened and a quarter of the people die by, by war, by famine and plague. That is 2.5 billion people die. I mean, my mind cannot even comprehend that many deaths. deaths. I mean, that's only a part of the, what's going to happen you know, during that great time. It says that another uh, one-third will die. Um, you know, due to plague as well. But it says, I mean, if you think about this, that's more people dying in all the wars in history combined from, you know, the Tower of Babel, you know, all the way to, you know, the war in Iraq. I mean, this is more people dying than all the plagues and disease known in history. I mean, in 1918, the influenza pandemic killed an estimate of about 50 to 75 million people. I mean, that is a huge number. That was more people that were killed in World War One and World War II combined. They died of a flu virus. Um, the, the Black Plague, they said almost a third of the world population died during the Black, Black Plague um, back in, I think it was the uh, 1900s or 1400s. I can't remember the, the exact time period. But for us, I just want us to get an understanding that, I mean, I, I'm getting questions from from my friends and from family members and just uh, of why is this happening? I mean, why all the death, uh, why is all this death happening? Why uh, is this pandemic, you know, hitting, you know, not only, you know, the secular world, but this is affecting Christians. Could not God, I mean, the question I'm getting is why has not God stopped this? I mean, don't we pray over Psalms 91 over us? And I just thinking about Psalms 91, just, just give you, uh, this is a little bit off my notes, but, I mean, Psalms 91 is like those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the, is of, the, of the Almighty. It's like the dwelling of God is intimacy with God. It's relationship with God. It's knowing Him and Him knowing you. Because those are the ones that are protected. The one thing is, is that we, we try to quote Psalms 91, but we're not living according to the Word of God. And one thing about Satan and, and, and all of his demons, they know if we're not living for God. Because a lot of times, as believers, we, we try to quote Scripture and we, we try to speak it out to the atmosphere, but are we truly living the Word of God? Because if the Word is not living in you, it will be a null and no effect. And the Satan, he was like, he will look at you, just laugh at you, as, man, you can quote the Word all you want, but you're not living it. You have, you have no power, you have no authority. 
But for us at Forerunner City Church, because I want us to be believers and know the Word of God, and that, that we live Psalms 91, that we dwell in the secret place of the Almighty, that we have relationship with Him, that His protection and, and the blood of Jesus will cover us, and that nothing will come to our household. And for these questions that I kind of mentioned, I mean, we may not have all the answers to these questions, but we do know this, that God is faithful and that we must, as believers, learn to trust in God's leadership. I mean, if you really think about the seals in Revelation 6, it's the will of God. And Jesus is the only one who's worthy to open up the seals to bring judgment upon the earth. And one thing about when, when judgment and crisis that comes upon the earth goes, will your heart not be offended when it's all going down? Because when, when pestilence, when war and all these things were happening during World War One and World War II, I mean, Christians were dying, Jews were dying. These were where God's hearing people. It's like, why are these things happening? Because will your heart not be offended? Because God is still in this. God, God is not surprised about the coronavirus. He's not sitting on his throne. He's like, oh, my goodness, there's a coronavirus spreading out in China. I mean, God is not surprised by anything. And for us, it's like we love Jesus in white. We love the... The, the, the whole bridegroom message, we, we love him, you know, singing and dancing over us. But will we preach that Jesus in red, when Jesus is trampling the, the wine press, the, the, the wine press of his fury against the nations? Because I have only heard one message in my entire Christendom about Jesus in red, and it convicted my heart so strongly because we preach so much of Jesus in white. But Jesus is saying to his church, because will you preach me in red? Will you preach the, with, with me with the judgments when I, when I bring it upon the earth that I am doing this because I have to bring judgment because of the sin upon the earth? Think about this, that God destroyed an entire planet because sin was running rampant through the, the flood of Noah. God destroyed entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because of their, uh, their, their lack of lawlessness, because of their uh, depravity, because of their minds of, were, were far from God. Because how much more judgment will God allow because of all the abortions that have happened upon the earth? Because think about this. You know, since, um, you know, Roe Ro, 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 Ro v. Wade, there have been over a billion babies aborted. Not just in the United States, but this is worldwide. Over a billion babies aborted. I mean, how much judgment will God allow? How much more time will God allow the wrath of God to be built up? I mean... Even infanticide is talking about when babies are born that they are killed by their own parents after they're born because of, they don't have the, the medical procedures to, to, to do abortions. This is happening in India and China where they're killing off, you know, girl children like crazy. I mean, in the last 50 years, there, there, there have been over a billion babies missing. I mean, the shedding of innocent blood. I mean, how much will God sit on his throne and not allow judgment to come upon the earth? which leads me to this, that we must trust in God's leadership in this season. And we, the church, I mean, we're, we're, we're walking in a, in, down a path that is crooked and it's dark, and we can't see, you know, three or four or five, three or four or five feet in front of us. But this is the time that we must learn to hear his voice to guide us. The voice of the Lord is so imperative, it's so important in this hour that we have heard so many voices of men, we have heard so many voices of opinions, that we really need to hear God's voice. Because the word says that his word or his voice is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as I read in, in 1 Corinthians, that the, the, the path of God is foolishness to the world. The path of God, is, it seems crazy. Is how in the world can we live this way? But during this time, we, we must have faith to trust in what God has said and what has God's word said over us, that God is a good God, that he's a faithful God, and he has a plan for us to prosper, and he wants us to be successful in everything that we do. <clears throat> and do we really truly believe that? Do we truly believe in the word of God? Do we really understand that, hey, that what's going on now is, is – is, it's the will of the Father. Is will we be offended or will we follow in God's leadership? Will we trust in the name of our Lord God? Will we truly live after them? 
And for us as believers, we we cannot put all of our eggs in one basket. We cannot depend on this $2 trillion stimulus spending bill. As I said, with these senators, with all their wisdom, the best plan of action that the government came up with was to you know, give money to people. This will solve all their issues. This will solve all their problems. We'll give them wages for the next three to four months. Um, I mean, we've got to understand the U.S. government didn't offer any hope of a cure anytime soon. They didn't offer any type of solution of how to eradicate this disease. But God has given us the answers, amen. God has given us the power and authority to cancel any such disease in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And I truly believe this, that God wants to use his church for his plans and purposes on the earth. If you can turn to 1 Corinthians 1, verses 27. I'm still reading out the New Living Translation. And God, I truly, he wants to use his church for his plans and purposes. It says this. Instead, God chose things that the world were considered foolish. He's talking about the church. In order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, <laughs> and used them to bring to nothing what the world considered important. It's when I was meditating on this scripture and just just reading it that God He chose the weak things, He's choosing His church to to, to confound the, the wisdom of this world. And it, the first part, when, when, when Paul is writing to the Corinth church, he, he says that you were, weren't born of noble birth. You weren't any type of you know, celebrity. You're not any type of you know, president or kings. You're, you're not born of noble birth. But God has chose you because you've chosen to follow, follow him. you chose to follow the foolishness of the gospel of Christ crucified. And because, because of this, you're going to be part of God's end-time plan of this end-time revival that God is going to sweep across the entire planet. And I want us to think, what would it look like if the entire church globally walked in its God-given power and authority as kings and priests on the earth? I just want us to, to, to ponder on that just for a moment this morning. What would it look like if every church in every country, especially that is affected by this coronavirus, we began to pray and really seek the face of God and understood who they are as believers, who they are as kings in the kingdom of God, how much authority and power will we have over every disease and pestilence and every famine that comes upon the earth? If we walked in this type of ability across the nations of the earth, of every church, every believer, because we wouldn't have any fear right now. Because we will walk into every hospital we will walk into every infirmary, and we will heal the sick. He said, hey, anyone with coronavirus, we're going to lay hands on you because, we're, because we have no fear of this disease coming upon us. And we will lay hands on the sick, and we will watch them recover. We will walk into every morgue. We will walk into you know, every hospital where, where, where the dead has been taken down, and we will raise people from the dead. Amen. I mean, this is the type of authority. This is the plan, the foolishness of God that God wants to bring about amongst his believers who want to follow him and want to trust him with all their heart because God is saying, this is what I want to do in the end time revival because I'm going to bring great you know, um, trials and tribulations upon the earth. It was this, it's, it's something that the world has never seen, but I'm going to make the church so powerful and so mighty and so strong that those who follow me with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, because they will, they will live that Luke uh, 418, they will be anointed to, to heal the sick, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free, to, to open the prison doors. And I'm telling you, church today, this is a time for us not to panic, but for us to get into a place of prayer, a place of really seeking the face of God, that God has given us authority and power to, to, to cure all diseases, that we're not afraid of any coronavirus, we're not afraid of any famine or any pestilence, any earthquakes that may come upon the earth. Yes, people may die. Yes, people will, 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 um, may not be protected by Psalms 91. Hey, but it's, it's, it's appointed for man to die. I mean, everyone's going to die, whether you die as an infant or you die at 120 years. 
Jesus, or the Bible says that God has given only 120 years to man. It doesn't matter if you, if you die at zero years or if you die at 120 years. We're all going to kick the bucket one day. But it's how do we live our lives in that time period between zero and 120? Do we live for the gospel? Do we live for Jesus Christ? Are we laying down our lives for, for Jesus? Are we preaching the gospel without, with, with boldness, without fear, without trepidation? Are we standing for truth when, when people are in panic and, and asking these questions um, that I mentioned before? And I'm telling you, because we want to live for eternity. We live for gold, silver, and precious stones. We don't live for the wood, hay, and stubble. I don't want us to stand before God at the end of our life and say, well, Lord, I, I, I was afraid during the pandemic. Well, Lord, I, I, I didn't have the authority. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know what your word has said, God. I was, I was like everyone else. I, I depended on my money. Because I, because for me, I, I'd rather the United States be without money and just be like those third world countries and be poor but have all of God, all or nothing. Because if you look at the underground church in China, they don't have riches. They don't have a 401K. They don't have you know, high-paying you know, six-figure uh, salary jobs or even you know, you know, salary jobs that pay over $20,000 a year. only thing they have is the Word of God. The only thing they have is Jesus, and they, and they live for that day in and day out. And they, and they, and they have a, a, a mindset fixed on eternity – and they don't live on the temporal pleasures of this earth. And for us in America, because we don't, this this concept is foreign to us because we're so used to 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 the to the luxuries of you know of our house, of our, of, of our cars, of you know instant access to go to the grocery store, instant access to to television, to YouTube, to to Netflix. God is is shaking everything that's 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 holding us down in order for the bride to make herself ready for what's coming upon the earth. Because I'm telling you, this is just the beginning of the birth pains, and I'm telling you, this is going to begin to increase in greater measure. That, hey, that pestilence is just the first thing. Famines are coming, guys. Famines are going to, are going to begin to sweep across the nation of the earth. Earthquake, earthquakes are going to be, begin to happen in a greater measure. I mean, we're going to see death like we've never seen before, but those who are in Christ Jesus will not be afraid and will lead those who are afraid into the, the, the green pastures of Jesus Christ. We'll show them, hey, that there's a greater way to live, that, hey, that if you live for Jesus, because you may die now on this earth, but you have eternal life in heaven with Christ. Which leads me to my last point. I'm about to come to a close in the times that we're in. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was just asking God, like, I mean, what's going on? And you know what? What? What should we do? And just I was just asking that. It's like, are you hearing anything from the Lord? <laughs> because I mean, for us, it just seems that we're we're on that path. It's like we can, we can't see, you know, down the path. We can't see that at the, the end of the path. We can just see a few feet in front of us. So we're we look we look through the glass, you know, darkly. And, and God has only given us a little bit of revelation. And so I was asking Matt, um, just I me, mean, what you're hearing from the Lord and. He said he really wasn't hearing much. He said he just got impressions of three words, and the three words was disband, regroup, and the word Sabbath. And I just want to kind of share just a little bit of what these mean, uh, what the interpretation I was getting from it uh, just for our church at Forerunner City Church and, and how this applies to us. And so the word disband is, is actually uh, disbanding or dispersing from a location, and, and I believe that the Lord is, is, is disbanding you know, Forerunner City Church to our homes that we're actually running away from a fight. It's like, why are we running away from a fight right now? Shouldn't we, you know, be on the front lines? Shouldn't we, you know, be battling this thing? You know, casting out devils. Um, I, I truly believe that the Lord is, is disbanding us as believers from gathering together to get into our our homes, to our prayer closet, to regroup. The whole purpose of us regrouping is to come up with a battle plan not only for the church but for our community, uh, a battle plan and a strategy of, of how we should do church now, of how we can win the loss, how we can get people who are afraid and, and terrified in this pandemic, and how we can show them that there is a better way, that God is in control, that God is sovereign, that if you follow him, that he will direct your path and he will guide you. Um, and how can we be a beacon of hope in this darkness? And how can we demonstrate the love of God through, through health of you know, giving to the poor, praying for the sick, you know, helping people financially. 
I mean, this is the, the time of regrouping. Is it's time to get strategy from having to get the plan to know God's ways. It's, it seems like God's ways, as it says in, in Isaiah, that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But if we get into that place of regrouping, get in that place of prayer, we can understand his thoughts. We can understand his ways and what he's doing. We can get the plan, download it into our hearts, that we can therefore as a church walk in it. And therefore we, we will know how to reach the lost. We will therefore know how to, to give hope in this time of darkness. We can show the, the love of God through, through helps of you know, helping the widow and the orphan, which leads me to the third point, which is the Sabbath. Think about this, church. For the first time in history, this is where the entire planet is on a standstill from almost everything. I mean, the Sabbath was, was, was regulated just for the Jewish community. On, on you know, every Sabbath day, they were called to rest from their, from their work and from their labor. I mean, but for the entire planet, it's the first time there's been a Sabbath. I mean, they're saying that even in Italy, that the, the oceans have even cleared up where they can even see the bottom of the ocean. I want us to think about this, that all sporting events from you know, NBA, from basketball, from Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, you know, Formula One, these are multi-billion dollar industries have all canceled their seasons or they have all postponed their seasons, that even the malls, I mean, the mall of Georgia, the largest mall in the southeast, is closed until further notice. I mean, how much revenue does that place generate? I mean, the, the shopping centers around it are all closed. Local businesses and restaurants have all closed down. Daycares, even our own schools, our government buildings are all closed. And this is, is, is God's way of saying, that, hey, I'm calling the world to rest, and I'm calling the believers to come and rest with me. And I have four things I believe the Lord wants us to do in this Sabbath rest. Number one, read the Word of God. Reading the Word of God. The Word of God is our food and our drink during this crisis. I'm, I'm telling you, when, when, when this future you know, trouble that comes is coming upon us, when famines begin to hit the land, and what, there'll be a shortage of food. What did Jesus say? This man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And for us, it goes, we will depend on the word of God, and therefore we can pray over our rice, and that rice will last us for two weeks, one bowl of rice. Because we can pray over our, our fishes and our loaves, and it will begin to multiply. I mean, this is the type of faith that God is going to begin to instill into its church in the days to come. There's the word of God that does this. It builds faith, it builds hope, and it builds love for God. It builds love for people. It says, to love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The word of God, it also, also it strengthens your inner man, and it helps you renew your mind. You know why? Do you know why we need to renew our mind? Because every time we, we turn on the news, news, every time we read the newspaper, every time we, 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 we see an article on YouTube, what does it do? It, it brings doubt. It brings fear and unbelief. Because, because for us, I think that we, we need to get off of media fast, amen? You know, turn off your television. Quit reading all the statistics about how many people are infected or how many people are dying. Because the only thing it does, it brings doubt, fear, and unbelief into your heart. We need to begin to, be, to read the Word of God and gird yourself up in faith, hope, and love in God. And God will begin to... To open your eyes and see that, hey, that, there's, that there's hope at the end of the tunnel. Number two is pray and fast during the season to hear the voice of the Lord. I believe that this is a Sabbath that God is drawing his people back to intimacy. That's why the dispersing is, is that we're coming off the battle lines to come back, to regroup, to, to get back into intimacy with God. Because we've been fighting so long on the front lines that we're wounded, that we're hurt, that we're, that we're broken, that God, he wants to, to take this time for, to, to heal our wounds, to, to nurture us from the inside. And I just want to say, to be like Mary, to sit at the feet of Jesus and go deep in God once again. And I also think this is a time for us to repent of our, of our sins, of our complacency, of our laziness, of our apathetic attitude, and also that we should repent for the sins of our nation. And I believe it's no coincidence that four states, New York, California, Washington, Florida, they have the largest outbreaks of this coronavirus, 
in the U.S. But they have because of the they have the largest um, largest percentage of abortion in the United States. I'm telling you, where where there's the more crisis that ha- happens, the more pandemic is because of the sin, the shedding of innocent blood, the the the, the debauchery, the sexual immorality, the fornication, the the giving to lawlessness, the height of judgment that comes upon that city. <clears throat> so that's number two. We pray fast, pray and fast to hear the voice of the Lord. <clears throat> number three is to restore and strengthen your family. This is the time to restore the hours and days that uh, days that we lost with our families. As many of us, we have kids um, that we sent to you know propaganda public schools to. Dismember everything that we taught them as a youth. And our, our, our youth right now are rebellious. They've turned against God. They, they don't believe in God anymore. Um, most of them are agnostic or atheistic in their mindsets. And I, I truly believe this is time for us to, to restore and strengthen our families once again. Because I'm, I'm sitting at home with, you know, four kids. I'm, I'm working upstairs, and they're coming upstairs. They're, they're just want to give dad a hug and um, they they want to you know just talk to me and they just want to you know spend time with me even though I'm working and I, I just give them a hug and say hey daddy's got to work, but I, I truly believe this is a, is a time for for us to invest into our families, you know take time to read a chapter of the Word of God to them, ask them hey what, what are you getting from the Word I I know the interpretation of the Word what are you hearing from the Word of God, and I'm telling you this is a time to build a network closer with our family and. And relationships that we have lost with our with our um, with our children, God is wanting to restore that. Call if your children are grown or out of the house, call them, ask them how they're doing. You know, restore that time, restore those relationships by the love of Jesus. Um, that's number three. Number four, I believe, is to help the widow and the orphan. And we all know this: we are the hands and feet of Christ during this rest. Now, I want us to, to, to challenge us during the Sabbath to reach out to your neighbors, reach out to family members and friends to see if they are, are in need of anything. Uh, we, we, we announced it this morning that we really want to help our church believers. If, if you're you know, um, too tired or, or don't have the willpower to go out to the grocery store, we want to be able to help you to do that. Um, if you have any financial needs, you know, if you have an you know, outstanding bill or something like that, I mean, reach out to the church. I mean, we'll see what we can do to help as much as possible, because many of us have lost our jobs. Many of us are not getting paid anything. Um, I mean, we want to be able to, to provide food, shelter, and clothing. And <clears throat> I want us to be aware of that. And I, I've seen it too many times in the body of Christ where, where, where people, they, they, they ask God for provision. And they ask and they seek God, say, Lord, I need help. And they're in a prayer closet. But when the pastor or, or, or leadership offers the help, they we, we act all humble and act like we don't need anything. But God is trying to answer your prayers right there. Amen? And as a pastor and our leadership team, we, we can't read people's minds. We don't know if, you, if you're having struggles. We don't know what your financial issues are. Um, so speak up and let your requests be known. Because the Bible says, you know, pray and let your requests be known to God. You know, no matter how small it may be, if it's important to you, then it's important to me as your pastor and it's important to God. Amen. Amen. I hope everyone got something out of that this morning. Um, I'm going to close in just a few minutes. I just kind of want to just recap that. Just remember, God's fullest plan is wiser than any man's plan. And that God wants to use us, the church, the fullest things of the world to confound the wise, these weak vessels of God that his strength be made perfect in us, that we can bring about a revival that's going to bomb and sweep the earth. And I want us to be ready to take those four things into practice um, during the Sabbath rest. And those four things, again, is to read the word of God, to to fast and pray, to hear the voice of the Lord. Um, Number three is to restore and strengthen our families once again. And number four is to help the widow and the orphan. So let us pray. And after that, um, uh, we'll disperse. And we will meet next Sunday. Um, just tune in. We'll, we'll, we'll have a video feed for everyone. For A message will probably be pre-recorded, but you can just tune in and listen to it. We'll actually have some worship with that as well. And if you have any prayer requests um, or any special needs, just text me. Um, if you don't have my number, 770-503-4753, 770-503-4753. Just text me. 
I'd be happy to pray with you after we dismiss. But Father God, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom, God, that is greater than any man's wisdom. And Lord, as all this is going down, as all these great troubles are around us, Lord, we trust in your leadership. Lord, we will follow you into the darkness, God. We will follow you in the trials and tribulations, Lord. We won't complain, Lord. We won't murmur, but Lord, we will build our faith and our hope and our love in the name of Jesus. God, we will read your word, for your, your word gives us life. Your word gives us hope. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, we will not be dismayed, by, Father God, by the, the, the words from the news prompters, Father God, from all the news outlets, all the negativity, God, all the fear that has been propagandized out to us, Father God. We will not be moved by a spirit of fear, but, Lord, we have been given power, love, and a sound mind. And, Lord, I pray today, Lord, as a church, that we will not worry about anything. Because, God, you will provide us with food, shelter, and clothing, God, because this is what your word says. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. But, Lord, we will concentrate on today. Lord, as we have disbanded, Lord, we are regrouping. And, Lord, we will walk in your Sabbath day until you release us back into the harvest field once again. And, Lord, I pray that you bless us. Keep us protected, Lord. I pray that Psalms 91 will be over us as a dwelling place in your most in the most high of the shadow of the Almighty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.